0: This is the Working Hands Podcast. I'm your host, Tony of Woodland Iron, joined by Keith of Blackthorn Concepts and Chad of Chad's Custom Creations. What's going on, boys? Hiya.
1: Hey, hey. So we are also joined by Stephanie Hoffman, who you may know as the spokesperson of AWS, the owner of Underground Metalworks, the educator at Underground Metalworks, and from a little show called Metal Shop Masters on Netflix.
2: Yeah. Hello. Hi.
1: Welcome, Stephanie.
3: Thank you for joining us, Stephanie.
2: Thank you for having me. Very excited. It's an honor. I don't know about an honor, but... <laughs> <laughs> don't going to make my head too big now. Yeah.
1: So, for our listeners, Stephanie is the teacher of the class I've been taking for welding at Underground Metalworks.
2: Yeah. yeah. I think you've been having fun. I don't know.
1: <laughs> oh, I love it. I'm already planning on booking another class. So. Yeah.
2: I know. I'm, I'm, we only have, what, two weeks left of that class, and I'm already, like... I said to my husband before, I was like, you know, I'm really bummed. I only got two weeks left with them. I really like you guys. We're having a lot of fun. Yeah. Now you guys are like getting to know each other. We're all kind of like, you know, it's a good vibes. Yeah, so.
1: it's finally gelling, and then it comes to an end.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: But it should be oh. fun.
2: Yeah, I think we're gonna do some. Uh, I got. I started cutting some aluminum and stainless projects for you guys too. So I
1: saw that on Instagram. I also saw the dog again yeah. in shop, and not when I was there.
2: I know. I'll bring. It, I can bring her tomorrow. You. <laughs> you know, I feel like more people are k- care about seeing my dog Dottie than actually yeah. to learn anything from me. <laughs> yeah.
1: I have I have dubbed your place the most Instagrammable welding school in the world.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and you know what? I, I'm not I'm not a I'm not opposed to it because I put a lot of hard work into that place, and I think that was kind of the the whole point of why I spent so much money on the fit and finish of that. So. Um, I was hoping that people were going to come in and, and feel like it, you know, something they want to take pictures of it and something that they want to be like a part of, to like show other people kind of thing. So, um, I think he- I'm glad you're dubbing it that yeah. because I guess I guess what I did is kind of working. I think
1: you're not that goal out of the park.
2: Thank you. Whichever direction Thanks.
1: you're pointed, there's another Instagrammable uh- thing behind you.
2: Yeah, (laughs) even the bathrooms, even the bathrooms. Even the
1: bathroom. Chad's a big fan of the black
2: toilets. I
3: love the black
1: toilets.
2: (laughs) I know I have black toilets in there, and everybody's so shocked by them. They are not any more expensive than a white toilet. It was, you know, maybe two hundred, three hundred dollars at Home Depot. <laughs> so if you really want one, they're not that unobtainable. I promise. That is
3: right on par with any uh, other toilets. I'm not sure about the gold toilets, but uh, yeah, yeah. but
2: like your standard white. Yeah, you can get a, a black toilet instead.
3: Chad made
1: me take a photo of it on night one.
2: You know. I didn't realize that the toilet was going to be such an attraction. I feel like I need to do like a, like a whole story just about the black toilet. You should. You know? we
1: had, <laughs> I think we listened to what was it? The Full Blast podcast?
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: you were talking about it there. And then Chad's like, oh. I,
2: Did I, I talk about say, it there too? Yeah. 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 I'm really proud of this black toilet, I guess.
1: <laughs> How else would Chad know about it? I don't, I'll, I'll come back from class to talk about toilets.
2: I don't know. They we were like, oh my gosh, it was so cool. They even had a black toilet. Like that's the whole reason why I put it there was so that it would be that, that extra little kicker at the end. The place was so awesome. Totally epic. It's even got a black toilet. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> I think that's what I was going for when I put it in. It's
1: very cool. I think Nobody what's... cares
2: about the expensive crown moldings I put everywhere. but
1: <laughs> or, the <laughs> or the tin tiles.
2: Or the $6,000 tin tile walls.
1: Or the art murals.
2: <laughs> yeah, those are. <laughs> the neon yeah.
1: lights. <laughs> if, you, if you haven't already, check out Underground Metalworks on, on Instagram. I don't think there's any underscores in there, is there?
2: there? Well, they're like, I don't know what the line is at the bottom. Underscore, is yeah. a, This an underscore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I went mean, past computer typing class, I guess. That would have been, uh, I didn't learn all those tech terms. Yeah, it's
1: Underground, underground underscore, underscore metal underscore works. So she's part of the yeah. underscore club.
2: Is that a bad thing?
1: No, but we have some some people who are going to love the fact that you're in the Underscore Club.
2: That's a real thing? Uh,
1: no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> it's, yes, yes and no.
0: Yes and
1: no. It's a joke amongst a lot of people.
2: Oh, so I feel like now this is a bad thing. It's
1: fine. It's absolutely fine. It's not a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a bad thing.
2: Well, hopefully uh, I don't get viciously attacked for being an Underscore.
1: No. Why would you... It's, it's 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 Instagram. This is the internet. People put it in once, hit follow, and never think about it again. It means absolutely nothing.
2: You know, I came up with that. I didn't. So when I had to make an Instagram a couple of years ago, I was going to work for AWS and had to kind of become a social media person. So like three or so years, three or four years, three years ago, and I was right. I was wrapping up as a welding instructor in a high school. And I was like literally asking advice from my students. I'm like, how do I make an Instagram? What do I do? How do you get your name to work? <laughs> it was such a disaster. I'm like, what do these buttons do? <laughs> so uh, they helped me with the underscore. And back then, these high school kids, they were my only access, my only gateway to coolness. So whatever <laughs> they told me was cool, <laughs> I, was, I was buying it. So.
1: <laughs> There's nothing uncool about underscores. Just,
2: okay <laughs> it's just one of those
1: things people talk about that's all
2: well maybe amongst your group because i i've yet to come across this is the first conversation about this topic i've ever had in my whole life that's what so. i
1: mean forget about it it means absolutely nothing <laughs> nothing so <laughs> how long have you been teaching welding
2: uh teaching well i guess on and off for for quite a while a uh, couple of years
1: very good how long have you been welding
2: Uh, gosh, 22 years,
1: 22 years.
2: I've been a licensed like department of ed, New Jersey welding instructor for, I guess it's been over seven years now. Wow. Seven, eight years.
1: That's pretty good.
2: But welding about 22 since I started.
1: 22 years.
2: Yeah. Heavy construction stuff, pipe welding, pressure vessels, hydraulic recapping, anodized aluminum pipe work mostly then fell into teaching and then that's kind of where like all the fabrication stuff started to kind of take off in when when i was kind of working with them
1: and you prefer the fabrication stuff
2: um i don't i mean you know i think that's like a weird question it's not that i prefer it um i think it just that's just where the money went you know no I mean, I'm a welder for the money. I'm not going to lie.
1: Yeah, yeah. nobody works so, for the love of their job.
2: So, like, um, you know, I I just kind of followed the money. I mean, isn't that what most people do in their careers? Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah I'm, so with, I guess, I'm, I'm with you there.
2: Yeah, so that's kind of what I did.
0: <laughs> yeah, I started out as a millwright um, years ago. I guess now it would be, what, oh, 20 years ago now, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then... uh then made my way into the oil refining business, so I followed the money as yeah. well.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, granted, I enjoy what I do, so it's not like it's not like I go to work and I'm like dragging my feet, you know, forcing myself to walk in the door. I love what I do.
0: And, you I can't, know, I can't see how you wouldn't love what you do. Walking into that shop, you have, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, not now you know, but I've I've walked into my fair share of pretty sh- shops, but you know. I, I always just enjoyed welding. I like, I like, I don't know. I, I, it's a, To me, I think it's just like a pride thing. You know, when you, when you put down a good weld, it's just that feeling of like pride in, in what you did and what you completed. It's, it's kind of a cool feeling to get to do that and get paid for it. So, you know, yeah. I can get my, can't get, I can't get seem to get as good as, at golfing as I am at welding yet, but <laughs> once I do. i'm gonna retire welding
1: yeah become a pro golfer
2: (laughs) yeah yeah i would be the most tattooed golfer on the on the lpga tour if that ever happened
1: start practicing that'd be a a fun sight to see
2: oh yeah i I practice plenty i don't want to talk about what i did today it's terrible (laughs) i actually want to have um the night class so i bought a net that I want to set up in my shop and i need to make the frame. So I thought maybe that'd be a fun project for, for, uh, maybe some of, some of you to it.
0: <laughs> well, he's, he's got to finish his grinder first.
2: I know. Uh, I hit a set. grinder. I hit another
1: setback with that stupid grinder this weekend. Now what? Uh, I'll talk about it later. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so right. it has
1: nothing to do with the grinder grinder. Never even made it out of the car. So,
2: Oh, is it the Banza? no it's you said something about the bandsaw yeah,
1: no it's a drill press i'll, I'll tell you tomorrow
2: but, well give me the parts and i'll drill i'll press them Nick i'll do it next door it,
1: well then these guys will kill me because i'm supposed to do it on my own so
3: you heard <laughs> what she said she said she will do it next door <laughs> All <and> right, well. <laughs> this is a challenge that keith is supposed to be doing himself but i'm quite afraid that he's just going to come over there and have you weld everything up for him it's not no, no
0: he's been
2: working on it
0: look at look look at you chad you're the one that's dancing around the rules getting everybody to send you stuff
2: no he's been he's been working on it and like i have even gone over to him and said like hey listen doesn't matter how terrible it looks if you want i can cover it up and And he even says he refuses he goes no no i have to do this Uh, okay if you're fine with it I mean, he's cut it apart and had to like we sanded it and fixed it and you know until we're until we're happy with it.
3: Yeah, I screwed some stuff. My favorite part from from hearing what you just said is that you uh, you said that some of Keith's welds are looking terrible and you can cover them up.
1: Right. <laughs> exactly no,
2: they actually That's
1: actually
3: exactly right. Well, she did say fir- that. The,
2: well, no, it was the fir- the fir- very first night they were atrocious yeah. and you knew it. Oh yeah. So you cut it apart and we sanded it and we redid it. And then I hooked you up with a tip tag uh, because I knew that's like fail safe. You weren't going to screw that up. Made great looking welds. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They looked great. And then on that one part with that weird angled piece. I screwed that up. No, you didn't.
1: <laughs> I had to go back <laughs> over it like three times. You went over it yeah. and
2: you fixed yeah. it. But then the other the other, the other sides, uh, couple I did of welds you good, put yeah. on it, they ended up coming out great. Yep.
1: yep. So see, you know? Chad. I'm
2: doing it. No.
1: Chad is convinced that I'm not doing
3: it. We're just not settling. Yeah. No,
2: we're just not settling.
3: Chad, I'm just wondering how many people would have access to a tip-tig in their own shop, Keith. I mean, isn't it pretty much just doing it for you?
2: Anybody who comes into my school has access to a tip-tig, so- Chad,
1: I don't know if you understand. The the, the whole idea of this competition is to get out of your comfort zone. Just because I signed up for a class and happen to have extra tools (laughs) at my disposal- doesn't mean I'm not getting out of my comfort zone.
2: Yeah. I mean, you he's allowed to you manipulate know. the torch and turn the wire on and off. and did to do a lot of
1: work. Can you explain that tip-tig? I, I've gotten so many questions on it, and yeah,
0: I don't I'm, know I'm how to ex- explain well. it
2: properly. It's probably <laughs> the coolest piece of welding technology out on the market that nobody knows about. Yeah. It is a hot-wired TIG system. So it runs to all the same codes and standards as a TIG setup. So you have a live arc uh, electrode, tungsten electrode, and then the wire, unlike a cold wire fed system, like what people see on like orbital welding machines and stuff like that, where the wire kind of just spits out, that wire is not electrified. On this unit, it shares power with the TIG set, with the power source. And actually Mm -hmm. the wire itself is electrified just like when you're MIG welding. So you have two electrified, you know, basically on this thing and then the wire uh, pulsates as it enters the molten puddle so it breaks the surface tension allowing for um, you know so it actually helps with um, like penetration um, it helps with the amount of material you're able to deposit at a certain rate of speed like inches per minute um, and then also because you're able to weld faster uh, and get you know adequate penetration you're actually your deposition rates are skyrocketing, but your heat like heat rate the, the rate of which you're adding heat into that like work piece is significantly decreased so you're welding something you know 300 times faster in your old past it would take you you know three welds to make it so that's three times you had to put a, a ton of heat on that piece, right with this you're adding Basically, in one pass, you could do three passes. So you're doing it a lot faster, and you only have to do it one time, which makes that all the, your distortion issues and all those other things, now you've basically eliminated all that by using this piece of technology. You can use it on thin stuff, thick stuff. Um, there's a focus unit where it's like a big refrigerated cooler, like cooled torch, keeps like a, like 32 below, or I don't know what it does. So, But this thing can penetrate in a single pass 3-8 stainless steel. Oh. Butt joint? No bevel, nothing. Just two pieces of the 3.8 stainless butted up against each other, welded with like five to 600 amps with a quarter inch tungsten.
3: So this is basically like God mode of the TIG welders. Yes.
2: Yeah. So it's just, it's a pretty incredible piece of technology. No one else has it yet because it's still pretty new. It's been out. It's been out actually longer than you would think. Um, but really, it's been like kind of be flooding into the market and becoming more accessible to, you know, small to medium sized job fab shops and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just for like thick applications. People use it on like thin aluminum and stainless, like thin gauge stainless and stuff like that. But so like. Could
1: you use it on like a sheet metal thin?
2: Um He would just—it would have to be like for really long seams, not for like spot welding. It wouldn't be—it wouldn't be needed, you know, because you're not—you don't need to put that much material down that fast. But if you were doing like twenty foot long seams, and you didn't want to have to do a ton of rework because that sheet metal would warp or whatever, absolutely, you could use one of those. I think Mm. it—I mean, it has some some like tolerances. I mean, I don't think you're going to be doing much like you know twenty four or thinner gauge, you know, sheet metals, but you know, stuff that's like super thin.
1: What uh, I found interesting after doing it and using it was I felt even though watching you do TIG weld and doing it a hundred times in class. But when I went back to do it after using the tip TIG, I don't know. I felt like I knew what I was doing more than when I didn't use the tip TIG. Like before I had used the tip Well, because I
2: feel like the tip TIG, the only thing you're That wire is, you know, filling a puddle as if you were actually like putting in, you know, manual filler, but you're not focused on it now. So now that filler action is happening, but you're more focused on what the puddle is doing and the movement of the torch and the feeling of the torch in your hand rather than thinking about the torch in one hand and trying to add filler at the right tempo and not hitting your tungsten and making sure you don't get burned back on your filler and like all this other stuff that's going on with that. So I think yeah, it definitely probably could help out with that. I mean, I think you're just just gives you a chance to really kind of grasp the mechanics of reading a puddle.
0: Yeah, watching it. I think rather than yeah. 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 I I think I think you're right there. I think when you were saying that, Keith, I thought that might be the the thing for me that I wouldn't I done TIG years and years ago. I don't profess to be very proficient, but I think that would be a big help for sure. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's you know, it has its place in the industry. It's definitely for shops that need to have, that have high production, but not the manpower rate sometimes um, because, and like a lot of turnover, whereas like, high production places that don't have a lot of turnover in parts. Like it's always the same parts. You would just go with a robotic system at that point. Right. But with this, you're basically, it has the same speed and all that other stuff that you could get out of a robotic system without being a robot, being able to adapt it and use it on in different positions with various materials. All you have to do is just change out the wire in it. you know, like you can run anything with it. So you can do stainless aluminum, carbon steel, copper, you know, you could, uh, all types of stuff with it. So like, um, it's a, it's a super versatile piece of equipment for, for like high, high volume, you know, high turnover type job shops. But, um, especially now with the demand, you have, we have such high demands of, of needing products and needing to get stuff completed and manufactured in certain you know, crunch times. And we just don't have the manpower to, to have people do it that fast. So this thing definitely is, uh, can be a, a huge time saver and money saver for a lot of companies. So hopefully more people start seeing it now that I'll be uh, messing around with it pretty often. So,
0: so it's kind of like the MIG welder of 50 years ago.
2: Uh yeah and like there's people right now that are like that are like major haters on it they're mm, just like that's not tig welding well it is tig welding you, you like know major according haters to of cnc you know,
1: machines too
2: yeah <laughs> i mean it's crazy how much people and like it's really mad how mad people get about technology <laughs> like it's just really kind of silly like why wouldn't you want to use a tool that's going to make you money and get your job done a lot faster and way less you know and
0: have things produced at home too
2: (laughs) yeah like it just doesn't make any sense i mean just when you think about how far like the welding industry has come just in the last 10 years like 10-15 years ago it wasn't not that not as many people now have access to welders and welding equipment inside their own home garage like you know when i started welding 20 years ago like it was an anomaly For somebody to have a decent welder in their garage and forget a multi-purpose a multi-process welder, definitely not happening in somebody's house, you know, like it was either you had just a stick welder or you had some piece of junk flux core welder, right? And that was like, there was like no in between back then. Like I used to work on cars and stuff and it was like, if I couldn't bring it to work or couldn't bring it into my Votec or something like that, I wasn't getting it welded. Or if I didn't know somebody to give it to, to take it to, so they could take it to work with them and weld it, you know, like- Nowadays, people can have TIG welders in their garages. People can have MIG welders or multiprocess machines. And you can get these things for under $1,000, you know? Before it was like $7,000 for a TIG welder, you were lucky, you know? Yeah. So it's pretty cool to see how, how, how much has changed in the welding industry and to hear people like still hating on it, like hating on new technology, but it's like you had... What were your gripes when all of a sudden welding machines became, you know, the technology and them got, you know, affordable to people at home? And what about when, when now all of a sudden these machines can do three processes, you know? <laughs> and it's just like, it's just so funny how people, you know, pick, pick random things to get pissed off about. But I think it's a pretty cool system. A lot of people are naive to what TipTig is. They just think it's a cold wire system and, and don't understand how impressive it is. I so mean
1: is a cold wire system like that? popular is mm. it out there like
2: oh yeah i mean in industry because a lot of people use it for like orbital welds and stuff like that but it doesn't have so, so like that system doesn't have the same deposition rates and so like what this a tip tag because it's got an electrified wire in it you can put more wire in it faster because the wire is going to melt and consume where as if it was cold wire you can only put in as much wire like just regular TIG welding because that wire isn't going to ever get hot enough. You'd have to sit there and like melt your puddle forever to like glob that much wire in, you know?
0: Right. Okay. So the, the, the cold wire system, you have to heat the wire before you can deposit it kind of thing. Like you're going to take,
1: well, you're putting it in just like you would the two man, like the two handed.
0: Yeah. It's, it's going to take heat out of the puddle.
2: Yeah. So you can't jack up your feed rate all the way or else your wire isn't going to consume into that. Like the rate of travel for your torch and everything like that like it just it wouldn't make sense to to jack up your your wire feed rate on a cold wire system cuz the wire would never like get hot enough at the rate of speed it needs to it'll melt and consume into the puddle correctly yeah it makes sense so this wire it not only it pulsates so it breaks the surface tension so it's rapidly able to like make a whole bunch of puddles super duper fast to keep depositing material into And just like crushing material into it. So you've got, you know, 400% faster deposition rates. So the rate of which you're able to deposit materials is is 400% faster than a standard TIG system.
3: And that right there is what the haters (laughs) should listen to. Because the most valuable commodity for anyone is your time.
2: Yeah, exactly. And it's like, you know, um, it's so easy to use too. Like it's,
3: you know. Is it one button?
2: Yeah, it's one button to turn the wire on and then one button to turn your arc on, you know, either a foot pedal or on your hand controller.
3: So if you look
1: at the videos, those are my first welds with that thing. So I was figuring it out. You
3: mean the one where she's yelling at you, telling you you're doing it wrong?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sound out on that, but she definitely yells at me. For the-
3: you're going to break it, Keith.
2: <laughs> no, no, I always no. tell them they can't break. There's nothing in there that they're going to break that I can't fix. No. So we're all good.
1: But if, if I show you any of the videos I have, it's probably her yelling at me. You're going too fast. You're going too slow.
3: That's the sign of a good teacher, yeah. though. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, we don't. I'm not trying to send people out there to to fail. I was so. trying
1: something. and I was welding, and the two guys next to me weren't doing anything at the time that was making noise. And I get done with welding, and from across the room, she's like, "You went too fast!" Like she she could hear, <laughs> she, could hear she could hear what hear was it. wrong. I just wow. dropped my head like. Oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> i didn't do that i had to have been closer to sit to, oh well maybe because i walk i must have like walked by at the same time as you were stopping because i didn't yeah I don't, it, I don't know you weren't at my booth at but yeah yeah <laughs> it was
3: funny regardless it's like master yoda floating around the uh <laughs> the welding well gallery. the tip tig
2: has a very distinct sound you know you with the I'm wire coming out very similar like MIG welding. no
3: i
1: was yeah. talking about regular welding the tip tig. Forget that thing. I, I don't-
2: oh, well, that I probably, I was probably at your booth and you didn't see. I probably, you probably, I would probably scoot it away uh, oh, before you lifted your hood up.
1: Maybe. You know. <laughs> sure, sure.
2: I like float around that place, sure. you know. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't hear it if you were regular Take on that you went too fast. I
1: don't know. It was funny though, whatever it was.
3: I love hearing her talk about her trade. You can tell she's totally into it she she's very knowledgeable about what she's doing it's kind of like me talking about lasers or or the 3d printer now i I thought you said she's like
1: i thought you said she was knowledgeable
3: yeah that is what i just said (laughs) (laughs) but then you compared it to yourself (laughs) i oh you jerk (laughs) you you (laughs) opened yourself up for that one you can tell she has a passion for it that's that's what's so cool uh stephanie i got a a question for you You'll, you'll have to excuse the pun but have you ever taken the plunge into underwater welding?
2: I have. I have yes. done it. Yeah. Tell me more. <laughs> um, I did it, when was it? I think it was probably about this time last year. Uh, I was invited to a, like a like a, I don't know, it was like a social media type of influencer event down in Houston, Texas at this place called o- Ocean Corp. And it's like a divers academy, welder divers academy. Um, yeah. And they let us come down. It was like me, Ray Ripple, a bunch of people from, uh, Jason Becker from another arc junkies podcast. Um, Scott Robbie, who owns another welding school, a bunch of other people that, you know, own other welding schools and, um, all the people from like outlaw leather, they make like welding hoods and stuff. We all went out and, uh, yeah, they suited us up. We, we did like a a test dive thing first in these big tanks and then, uh, got to go down there and, uh, weld and do some do some pretty cool stuff. Um it's definitely not easy. It's not like regular welding because you get down there and then like the electrode is covered in like this wax. I don't really know what it is. It, it might be wax. It might be some There's probably some technical term that somebody's going to yell at me for. Um I'm not an underwater welder by trade, so I don't I don't know the ins and outs. No. So. I was
3: trying to stump you with that one, honestly. I yeah. was Yeah.
2: <laughs> so you go you go down there and uh, Good luck, like you Yeah, you put this, like, it's, you know, a scuba helmet thing on, but then, like, the actual lens, it's, like, the regular size of, like, a regular, like, stick-weld passive lens. You know, like, the solid-shade lenses, like a little, like, you know, 2 by 4 little viewing box. So you go down there, and it the light refracts off the water, like, down there. So, like, you just see a big glowing orb. Like, you don't see a puddle. You can't, like... You can't like the the light coming off of it is like surrounds the whole piece so it's all by feeling.
3: Mm yeah how's the audio under there can you hear it?
2: No, you can't really hear it at all. Like you just oh. hear like sh- it's just like under being underwater, you know.
3: And now, but, like, the helmet
1: the, the helmet so when the, the helmet you wear is it like the old school diver's helmet like one of those bell helmets you always see?
2: Yeah, kind in, like, of. Yeah. I mean stuff. there's lots of there's lots of different ones, but yeah, the one that a couple of the ones that we wore, yeah, were definitely like that older ones. But yeah, it's wacky. You gotta, like, let your air and out and make you more buoyant and stuff. But yeah, you go down there and you just see this big glowing orb and you just gotta, like, smack this rod because you have to break that wax coating to strike the arc. And then, like, once you get in there, but you're, like, floating. So, the when you smack it against there, if you don't have enough like weight on your belt or something, I couldn't imagine doing this in something with current because now you have the current and weight and all this other stuff. When you have to like go to strike the arc to get it to, to actually strike underwater. Like you start like, bow- I was like kept bouncing away, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, ah, it's like, like hop back, but then you bounce away and you, your arc breaks. And it's like, you can't see where you're going or anything. And then the more you're welding in the area, especially in these tanks, the darker and cloudier the water starts to get. It's just like, It's a wild experience, but, uh, how many, I wasn't,
1: how many underground or underwater welders are there? There can't be that many.
2: No, there's a lot. So like, here's the thing with underwater welding. It's not like you don't go into work every day, nine to five, you know, however many days a year you work and weld underwater all day, every day. That's just not real. Um, that's a huge like misconception with being an underwater welder. You are a diver first and and, like you do like recovery and stuff like that and, you know, you want to fix things down underwater before you have to pull stuff topside, all that. But, you know, you're a diver first and there, you could be, quote, an underwater welder and gone through this whole school and this whole program. You work for a contractor and you're part of a big team and maybe one or two of those guys on this whole, you know, 10, 20 person team on these ships is actually ever going to go down there and dive and you could work on this boat for years, okay. you know? So, like, there's communication people. There's people that have to, like, do all the tethering and all that other stuff. Um, There's a lot that goes into it, you know? So, and then also, like, you can go down and dive, and then they chamber it off. And then you go into a dry tank. You take all your crap off, and you weld just, like, inside these, like, little pressure chambers down underwater, too. So, I mean, I think that's just, like, a big thing that people don't realize about being an underwater welder is that like you really don't do it every day most underwater welders probably only can count a handful of times they actually weld underwater in a year
0: yeah okay we have the same thing at like where i work in the oil business we have uh we have ships that come in and then we have equipment offshore that we we have to maintain so we have Mm -hmm. welders and divers that that do do work for us so yeah um for us it's the bay of fundy so it's uh 150 foot of water and dark very dark yeah. and the, heard a lot of stories of guys being bumped underwater
2: yeah you don't know what it is
0: and they don't know what hit them and yeah. it just went away
2: yeah so, no thanks not for me
0: <laughs> yeah I, I think it was i think they were saying the divers were going down it was like half hour down half hour on bottom half hour up yeah Ooh. like it's it's wild like and then that would be the same and these like you were saying it's the same idea these Some of them would be welders and some of them would just be divers, but
2: yeah, pretty. It's a pretty interesting trade. I mean, they make great money, killer money, but it's definitely like, it's taxing. It's gotta be like stupid, stressful. And people that I've all talked to, like, I don't know any underwater welders who have done it. Like start to finish for their whole career. You know, it's always, they always get out of it at some point. And and
1: I get stressed out just welding at the table in a welding school. (laughs)
0: you're just a high-stress guy
2: i am i mean granted underwater (laughs) welding you are never like i'm sure there's guys out there that do it but for the most part you're not going under there and pulling out stuff that looks like beautiful stacked dimes like Uh -uh. you cannot see Uh -uh. i mean it's really all by feel and if you get a weld that looks like that it's more luck than anything (laughs) you know because it's it's so hard to see down there once you're down there i mean it's you know I don't know. It's one of those things that well, it definitely takes probably a different a different practice and a lot of patience. It's a
0: it's different mindset. It's also, yeah, for sure. It's also pretty
1: pretty much a 99% chance that no one's ever going to see your weld.
2: Probably. Probably true. So yes.
1: it doesn't really matter what it looks like as long as it holds.
2: As long as it holds. Really, That's that's the whole name of the game when you're doing it under there. Because eventually, yeah. That's
1: called job security.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but no, and I mean, like, if they really want, you can't, they're not going to go down there looking for 100% penetration x-ray quality welds down there. Yeah, there are different testing procedures done on some items that might be underwater. But I mean, if that's what they're looking for, odds are the either part has to get like completely dammed out so that they can actually do it correctly. Or the stuff has to be like taken apart and brought up topside or completely replaced. So, I mean, you got to take all of that into account to think, okay, if this weld is actually just going to be welded underwater the way it, in as it sits, like what are the, what is the quality we're really going to get out of that. So.
0: Yeah. Cause the parts you're welding on aren't going to be
2: clean, nothing clean,
0: They're, clean. So yeah, it's, it's broken.
2: But, it's cracked. There's issues with it to begin with. That's why it's cracked and broken, you know, be, or so
0: be lucky to have a wire brush with you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have a chip. You can take a chipping hammer I don't know about a wire... Bro- oh, I can't remember. They have, like, underwater grinders and stuff that they use, too. I don't know if you know about that.
0: Yeah. Air, nitrogen-powered?
2: Yeah, it's some... I didn't get to use it, so I I have no no, uh, no skin in the game with being able to tell you anything about that. So.
3: <laughs> I couldn't stump you with the underwater welding, because apparently you've done almost everything, but... No, uh- I
2: haven't done a lot. There's a lot of- Hey, you know, there's, like, hundreds of different types of welding processes, and I can- I've probably only done maybe six of them, so...
3: Six, no way. I think you can do one more. <laughs> have you been to space?
2: No, I've been to so you've space. You've not
3: welded in space. Okay, there we go. <laughs> wait, wait,
0: Stump. Have, My crap. Have you been have to space? Been to space? <laughs> yeah. Out of the four of us, who has been to space, Chad? <laughs> Chad lives <laughs> in space. <laughs>
2: yeah. No, I can't, I can't say that I've ever welded in space, nor do I think I ever would want to.
3: Oh, so we can't include you on the Mars colony? No, no, I won't be
2: joining anybody who's planning to go.
3: What
1: is the coolest project you've done?
2: Oh, gosh, everybody always asks me that. Everybody always asks me that.
1: What's the first one that comes to mind? It doesn't have to be the coolest.
2: Alright, well, this one's not like a... This is like a Debbie Downer. It's
3: okay. We we can take sad stories.
2: Yeah, so this is kind of a sad story. So, um... One of my really good friends, she's actually my, like, office manager now. Um, Her son passed away uh, last year from cancer at, like, five years old. Mm, And uh, she, I don't make, like, car replicas. I don't do sheet metal work, none of that stuff. And she asked me to make the the urn for him. And, you know, of course, I, I said yes, thinking, you know, I'm just thinking it's going to be basic, you know? And she's like, do you think you can make it a six by six Mercedes G wagon? What? So I was like, "Uh, <laughs> uh, uh yeah, absolutely. And I had no idea what I was doing. No idea I had to even, like, fathom a, a plan to, like, do this. So I had to, like, reach out to a couple of my buddies who do, like, crazy cat work. And I'm, like, sending them different pictures. and I And I got his he had like an RC car of, of this. And uh, okay. so she let me borrow that to get like fr- references on and, and like kind of do scaling off of it and stuff. And so that was probably the, the coolest, most um, I guess like special things and most challenging. So that thing is like all encompassing, most challenging. And I'm reaching out to my buddy, Tom, who does like cold hard art. Um, he was on, he was the winner of, of the show. Oh, the trophy guy. Um, Yeah. So I reached out to him begging him to help me. I'm like, what do I do? <laughs> like, <laughs> he I need said, help. wait, how many wheels does yeah. this thing have? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, every, it was just, it was, it was difficult for me. Not like, you know, the welding is easy, you know, how, how to put it together is one thing, but to like try and wrap my head around like a replica of something that like, you know, if you screw up the scaling or if you screw up some certain details of it, like it's clearly not what it's supposed to be anymore, you know? Yeah. So like, just trying to nail all these little details. And it was for something that, you know, such a special little boy and, and such a a family that means so much to me that like, that That was probably the coolest. Yeah, Yeah. it was, that was a rough one. That was the most challenging, but most rewarding thing, like to give that to them and how proud and, you know, excited they were that that's, was going to be like, you know, his home. So that just, that meant a lot to me. So sorry about the, the Debbie Downer story, but that's, that's, that's what I got. So,
3: no, that's that's uh, really incredible. <laughs> Do you have pictures of that posted anywhere where people can look at? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, is this on your Instagram?
2: Yeah, it's on my Instagram. Wow. Yep. Uh, definitely
3: yeah, definitely gonna go find that because that sounds incredible.
2: Yeah, it was funny because actually, just like last week was one year since I gave it to them because it took me mm. quite a while to make it, and um, and she just she made like a whole video and everything because she now has like a nonprofit for him. And yeah. uh, for like, well, not for him, but it's for like kids, other kids with childhood cancer, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, and she posted this whole real thing that she made, and it was really sweet. And I was like, oh my god, I forgot about some of these pictures and how hard that thing was to make. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was having flashbacks, <laughs> but yeah, it was, I know I know they're really proud of it and they're really happy with it. So definitely the coolest thing.
3: Very. Do you remember the first time you laid down your first weld? How, yes. What was that? Do you have a story for that one?
2: Yeah. So I was um pretty small. I was like late elementary school, maybe early. No, like middle school, middle school. I think I was in like seventh grade, seventh, eighth grade, somewhere in there. It was like one of the very first times I welded. My dad ran a heavy construction paving company and he wasn't a welder. He was always like super into the welders and what they, their talents were and stuff. And um uh, just always asking and being like, hey, can I try that? Oh, no, 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 not this time. And then finally being able to try it and just getting to sit next to some guy I don't know who he was what his name was I always like wish like one day like I was that person you know (laughs) but um and he showed me how to like strike an arc and and tried doing a ran some some 7018 or hard-facing rod I have no idea what the rod even was but he was using on heavy equipment like padding out some teeth or something I don't know what the heck it was but yeah so he just gave me a piece of scrap and I kind of did my thing so Oh, and I just really kind of cool. caught the bug, I guess you could say. I think it was just because I saw how like stoked my dad was, so I was like, "All right, I can probably do this." And then I just kind of like got naturally decent at it, and I liked, I liked it, so <laughs> I just never stopped.
1: Launched a whole career. Yeah. Oh, who would have thought? I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do with the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, I'm, I'm hoping. To, I'm hoping this launching my second career into golf, but. Doesn't seem to be working out, especially after today. So I'm still bitter. Sorry, sorry to bring it up again. <laughs> it's a really bad day.
1: So I'm guessing just, you didn't shoot par.
2: No, I, I the best I did, I uh, bogeyed two, two holes out of nine. I played nine, and I was just like, I'm done. Well,
3: that's that's the great thing about golf is the worse you do, the higher your score gets. So yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. I was just. uh I golf. Not feeling it. I
3: golf maybe once or twice
1: a year, and my goal—I go with eighteen balls, and if I come home with any golf balls, then I'm happy.
2: Aw, yeah, (laughs) that's a lot of balls, Liz. You sound like my husband. That's the only thing I care
1: about. The rest of it is just you know having a couple beers and hanging out. And
2: yeah, no, no balls were lost this 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 well today, Um, but I did. I was able to get it out though, so I was golfing today with my golf coach and uh so i had like kind of hit over to the rough like on the edges where the trees were and stuff and so he said oh hit it over that way let's get it into the fairway aim it towards that porta potty on the other side of the fairway but like up like towards the hole more so i got this big crazy angle so i just blast it and you didn't want me to hit the porter potty, and what do I do? I just crush the porter potty, and the ball gets lodged yes. underneath the porter potty. I'm like, give me a break! After I just like, I was just like so mad. I was just over it, just totally over it. But no, I you should be the- proud
3: of yourself for nailing it like that. Yeah,
2: he's like, he's like, well, I guess you did what you were told. I was like, yeah, but <laughs> it's just, I was With like, some, what are the odds?
3: Some disoriented guy comes out and is like, what the heck was that? <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> I craved it, but. Yeah, whatever. I mean, I it was it was, it was was a nice iron shot, a couple hundred yards. Well, not a couple hundred yards. It was like 110 or 115 yards or something like that. But yeah, but just didn't do what I wanted it to do. And then I'd take relief and yeah, whatever. All right, enough about golf. I'm sorry. Boring everybody. Don't
1: take it so seriously. Nah, just enjoy it. Gonna- <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: That's what everybody says, but it's not that easy to do, especially like i'm playing because now i'm trying to work on like my scoring and stuff for tournaments this this is going to be my first year doing tournaments so um i I don't know i'm just taking it very seriously i'm it's not like i'm just going out there and doing this for fun yeah
1: you're really making a go at it right yeah
2: yeah so like i'm not just you know i'm not wasting my time paying this guy 75 bucks an hour so he's my pal though My husband laughs at me. He's like, "You know, all your friends are now on your payroll." Like, <laughs> I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'm going on golfing." He's like, "With your friend, right?" And I was like, "Shut up, we're friends now."
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. He's like, "Yeah, of course he's going to let you call in this your friend when you're paying it." <laughs> like when I'm on tour, I drag my poor tour manager Andre around with me, and uh, my husband always says, "Like, oh yeah, and I'm sure Andre's your friend, right?" Like he's not on your payroll either. What's <laughs> that? So <laughs> Oh, it's really terrible. It's fantastic. I no Anybody want to hang out and be my friend? <laughs> <laughs> it's an open invitation. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Jace Louise. Please don't box yeah, me. <laughs> I, uh...
0: Yeah, I play just golf about joke, once terrible. a year.
2: Just once a year. You gotta do better than that. You gotta do better
0: than that. No, nah, just the guys from work decide to go out every now and again. And my biggest problem is I, I have a tendency to just grip and rip and then I end up with a huge slice.
2: Yeah. <laughs> right just, into the trees.
0: Oh, it's so bad. You just
2: got to turn your wrist. Are you hooking right?
0: Uh, Yeah. It's going to the right.
2: Yeah. So you just, so if you roll your up, so the hand, if you're righty, your left hand, roll that one in towards the yeah. right.
0: Close more. the club face a bit. Yeah.
2: So close it up a little bit.
0: I still, I've done that too. And it's still, it's, it's my, for me, it's, it's not, hand position or the club face it's my swing i have a tendency to inside out
2: yeah or outside where are you from? in. Out. where are you from
3: so i was actually gonna say tony is our resident canadian so do you think it would help if he brought a golf club rather than bringing the hockey stick <laughs>
2: <laughs> happy
1: gilmore up there
2: yeah right that well,
0: would I'm be go- fun. i'm a goalie so it doesn't really work what, what part <laughs> of canada have- are you in I'm on the East Coast. I'm in New Brunswick.
2: Where's where that?
0: Like by Maine? <laughs> it's above Maine, yeah. right?
2: Maine. Okay. Yeah, oh, so I wasn't, all, Maine. I wasn't that like terribly off when I said that. Yeah. That's
1: all so, right. I
3: think it's really cool that you you're you're able to balance your your workload. Like I know with the Underground Metalworks, it's it's become this really big huge thing. How hard is it for you to? give some of the responsibilities of your business away to where you can step out and start pursuing hobbies like golf. Like how did you do that?
2: Oh, I don't feel like I do a very good job of giving any responsibility. away. <laughs> um, like I have, I have Audrey and uh, she's like a lifesaver, but she, you know, she does all the emails and, and phone calls and website stuff and inventory and making sure things are getting paid for and everything else. Um, so like that's a huge help. Um, you know, and I don't know, I guess it's, it, I don't know. I just do it. (laughs) I mean, I, I don't let people, um, like I'll hire people for certain jobs to like help me out with that stuff. But, um, I'm very, uh, nitpicky about certain things. So I definitely don't let people do as much as I probably should. Um, then you know, I got to mm-hmm. get better at that. I did. I do have other instructors that are going to start teaching classes now at the school. So that'll start helping me with having a little bit more time for other stuff. But I don't really have a choice because I also tour for the American Welding Society, you know, 14 plus weeks a year. So, um, you know, I don't have a choice once summertime comes and I'm gone and I need other people to, to really take over certain things. So.
1: Rick is one of them, right?
2: Yeah, Rick. So. Rick. Yep. Rick will be doing night classes. If you're worried
1: about your instructor, Rick is awesome. So
2: yeah, Rick is great. So um, yeah, Rick's been coming in and kind of shadowing and and studying kind of how I do things. And, you know, I, I, I keep the school pretty laid back because that's the way I, you know, I, I like to keep it. I I don't have to follow the rules of, you know, the, what is it? The, the state with all their, you know, standards and, you know, testing and all this other crazy stuff that they do there. And, uh, Perkins grant money and being, you know, able to prove these kind of numbers and this, that, and another thing. So, um, I can take a much different approach to my training. I don't have to, you know, um, do things by the book, so to speak. It's very much like, oh, you come in and you want to learn this, and you're coming in, but you want to learn that. Well, then that's what we're doing today, you know. So it's kind of it's kind of cool. So it makes it a little easier for me when I have to, uh, I guess, delegate my uh, my time especially because uh, now I can just be like all right I'm going to focus on school this week and then that week I'm going to focus on you know these builds that I have going on for you know this business or that business except,
1: so except for um, that one student you got who brings in a his own tool to weld up in the middle of class
2: yeah, no <laughs> that's what I wanted though that's like what I want and that's what I'm saying like you know with with the school and then with you know the fab business and then with the stuff that I do with AWS like the school I'm able to like build this schedule around because it's not, it's not my bread and butter at this point, you know, I have other stuff going on. So this school needed to be everything that I wanted it to be, you know? So yeah, I I hired Audrey to help run it and manage the school. And, um, you know, that, that definitely gives me time to, to focus on other things, but this, because of that, i am made the school something that nobody else is offering anywhere in the country. I have, my students can come in and and half of them can be working on one project while the other one's working on projects they're bringing in from home, getting the skills that they need to to apply to the things that they're trying to, you know, do for themselves, whether it's a career or a hobby or whatever. So um, I think it's pretty neat that we only have up to five students in a class rather than, you know, the typical 20, 20 plus students in a classroom with one instructor. So
1: I'll tell you what, it, it feels like one-on-one instruction when well, you're in you. there. So, pretty impressive.
2: Yeah. Got to be light on my feet, you know, running around. And it's different because, like, other schools you go to, the booths are all, like, smashed up against the walls, whereas mine are floating in the middle of the floor. All of the air, gas, and uh, electrics all ran through the floor. So, like, my booths don't have to be up against the wall, so I can sit on the other side of a booth while somebody is welding in front of me and being able to, you know, work with them and and get them, you know, geared in the right direction, I guess.
1: Yeah, I'll do a quick tour uh before this comes out so people can see it. Yeah. On our page. Yeah. Or they could just go to your page, Underground Metal Works, with some underscores mm-hmm. That's in the, there. some underscores <laughs> the underscore club. Yeah. But it, it 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 really is a cool experience there. I think uh I think everyone sh- needs to go take a course there.
2: Yeah, I think so too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which you're having an open house on May 21st, yeah?
2: Yeah, May 21st we're having an open house. I got um a bunch of like companies are coming. I know and we're going to do some cool giveaways and I'm going to raffle off a free class and then there'll be some uh discounted rate tuition. I think we're going to do like 10, I think we're doing 10% off uh classes and stuff if you sign up that day um there will be like food truck and some other junk going on. um I'm pretty sure a lot of people like those Viper chairs, and I have a feeling Viper chair will be doing some cool stuff for that. So that'll be fun. Dottie likes the um, Viper chair. Dottie likes the Viper chair. Dottie She's needs her Viper own Viper, chair, Viper chair. I know that's what they're saying. So we'll see <laughs> if she gets tonight. one.
1: I went and voted
2: yeah <laughs> um i'll have to bring her in because you still haven't i guess i haven't had her there i normally send her home before before you guys come in yeah. it's a long day for her
1: yeah well tomorrow so, though, you have an eight hours eight hour class yeah i have
2: an eight hour class and before then ours, it. yeah so yeah so maybe not tomorrow maybe wednesday night because then I, at least i can have her come over later or something but yeah everybody loves, loves little dotty so she got a pretty rad bed too underneath the desk cool leopard bed <laughs> she's spoiled rotten
1: that's she the, makes
2: she makes a total mess though everywhere she goes that's the way dogs are Boys. supposed to be
1: spoiled rotten yeah. my dog's spoiled
2: yeah so uh, yeah th- we're dog friendly too they're at underground metal work so <laughs> dog friendly and um maybe not don't bring your cat around that's you can keep the cat at home <laughs> that'd
0: be that'd be weird i, I yeah. agree that's just too much <laughs> <laughs>
3: So Stephanie, I have two young daughters and uh one is 1 year old and one is 7 years old. Uh-huh. And something that I'm always tried trying to instill in them is like independence and not letting like boys put them down or tell them what they cannot do. Uh-huh. So uh, seeing you and hearing you talk in the full blast podcast about how when you first got into welding or you started going to that school and the instructors were like no, nah, she can't be here. And then your mother like got you into the school and then everyone there was just like pushing you, pushing you, pushing you, trying to get you out. Yeah. What, how did, how were you raised in a way that you're so headstrong that all the opposition that came towards you, you were able to just push forward and, and continue being independent and achieve what you've achieved today.
2: I don't know. I think, I think that's just the Irish in me that, uh, (laughs) just very strong, strong strong-willed, hard-headed people. Um, you know, and I don't know, I guess my, you know, my family was always super encouraging. My mom, my dad, and they never told me I couldn't do something. And I had two older brothers who were, you know, made me a little tough around, you know, around the edges. And I don't know, I guess, I mean, there was plenty of times where I wanted to quit and wanted to say, you know what, you win, I'm just done. Um, but there was, there's just something about it. When you find something that you just know that you're just, I don't know. There's just, there's just something that happens when you just find your niche, I guess, you know, and as many times as I want to quit and I want to take the easy route and go, you know, do something where it would just life would just be, you know, going through the motions and stuff. And, you know, I don't know, just decided that was just not going to, I was just not going to settle for that. I was not going to settle for, uh, you know, anything less than what I thought I deserved and what I deserved was to be well-respected welder. So do
1: you think that opposition what is what drove you to be at the top of your game now?
2: Um, yeah, probably just cause I'm a super competitive person. I've always have been, uh, um, you know, again, I had two older brothers and I always was trying to, you know, fight, <laughs> fight to stay alive with them too. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think it was just kind of, you know, kind of just, came naturally. I don't know. Just, just kind of happened.
3: You had the passion for it, but on top of that, you also had a supportive family who was willing to to come along with you on the ride.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I have to owe my, I owe my mom a lot of credit, you know, for pushing to get me into that program because I think if she didn't, I probably would have went a different route. You know, I don't even know what that would have looked like. I probably, honestly, I think if it wasn't for welding and feeling like, that became my identity. I became, you know, Oh, that, that weird welder girl, that welder girl, that welder girl, you know, and then the the tattooed welder girl that it turned into, you know, <laughs> the girl with all the tattoos, the one who welds. Um, I, th- I feel like people still describe me that way, but uh, I feel like it became my identity, you know, and I feel like I don't know who I would be if I wasn't the welder girl, you know? So um, honestly, I probably would have, Got involved with like really dumb crap, so pretty happy that I didn't go that way.
3: You'd probably be a professional golfer at this point.
0: <laughs> oh. yeah, I,
2: don't, <laughs> oh. I wish, I wish. Oh my god!
0: Oh, Chad throwing shade. When, Here we go. When
1: did you find your passion for golf?
2: Gosh, I, that hasn't been very long. Uh. It's only been like a little over two years. I'd say le- the last year, because I started, started like really going ham on it in the last year, year and a half.
3: So. When you're on tour, do you get to bring your golf clubs? I bring them everywhere. Yes. Awesome. So that's cool. That's something you can do while you're out on tour.
2: Oh, yeah. And if I forget my golf clubs, I'll grab, like, I make, so I have my driver and my tour manager, and I'll make them, like, find me random objects around, like, whatever event so that I can pretend to swing it, like broom (laughs) handles and, like, random crap. And I'm like, can we break this? Can we cut this down? (laughs) And I'll just stand in there and, like, pretend I'm, you know, just practice swing and, Yeah, just work on my form, my my footwork, all that stuff, and yeah, they think I'm totally nuts. And I'm always like, "Is there a top golf nearby?" Or I'm like, "Andre, let's go golfing," and Andre's like, "I'll just drive the cart." So
3: (laughs) (laughs) I really, really hope you make it because I feel like the golf crowd doesn't see you coming at all. Like when you get there, (laughs) they're not going to expect that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. But I I am not that good. I have some. I have a lot of work to do before I could even. You know, it's pure physics and body mechanics too i mean i'm four foot eleven so most professional women golfers are you know five eight or taller so they just have like naturally that swing they're going to get a lot more speed out of their swing than i'll ever be able to get out of which you know my swing speed versus my distance you know they do kind of work hand in hand so i mean right now my drives are you know on average 170 yards or so. So, I mean, but
3: do they have tattoos?
2: <laughs> I they probably they might. Can they
3: lay a nice bead?
2: Yeah. No. I mean, I can make my own, I can make my own putters and my own wedges and then, you know, go uh go uh play some golf. Not many of them can probably do that either.
3: No, nope, they sure can't. Uh,
2: yeah, I I I don't think it's in the cards for me hitting the LPGA tour anytime soon. <laughs> I'm going to keep pretending like it's maybe maybe going to be a reality one day.
3: If it happens, I'll tune in and I'll actually yeah. watch it.
2: <laughs> oh, my gosh. If that happens, jeez, Louise.
3: I think,
1: I think everyone's going to watch.
2: Things might be flying. <laughs>
1: yeah. Soon. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of when.
2: Uh, I mean, I would just like to get, like, you know, just, like, uh, what is that? When you like broad, like, a broadcaster for golf? Like, just got a golf show. Uh, I'd be good with that. <laughs> Do it. Just talking about golf. Have you ever watched the show Holy Moly? No. Miniature golf show with Rob Riggle. What? You got to watch it. It's freaking hysterical. I like a sour Rob golf. Riggle. Oh my god! It's and I, it's I like love miniature golf. Funny.
1: But I, it's I've,
2: it's like you know, like uh, most extreme elimination challenge or wipe out. Any of those shows. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that. Yeah like that with mini golf and then rob Riggle as a commentator oh, it's, fantastic. It oh, great. <laughs> it's the best this is- i think they've done like three seasons yeah i think they've done <laughs> three seasons yeah yeah so good
1: i'd be a disaster it'd have to be a r-rated tv show
2: well i mean like i'm like i'm just striving for just to get on that show at this point you know do it you know what's crazy so on my show on the netflix show some like the the mobile that turns the motors they used were the, some of the same motors for some of the obstacles on Holy Moly. And I only, wow. I forget how I found this out, but I was ta- me and Joe, uh, Joe Coy, we were talking about golf one day and I was telling him, oh, we got to go golfing. Let's golf. Let's golf. Cause he's like, he said he was starting to learn, you know, some golf. And one of the guys overheard and like, Hey, do you know, uh, I think his name was Connor, uh, Connor. It used to be the challenge director for that show. And I was like, what? So I became his, like, best buddy. He brought me in holy moly golf balls. And then, you want to hear the craziest part of this story? Yeah. I start talking about how I, uh, John Lovitz. So John Lovitz is going to be incorporated into the story here. (laughs) So on holy moly, one of the episodes, John Lovitz, you know how he is. He's always like, that's amazing, you know? (laughs) It's a, like, very weird delivery of, like, talking. And, uh, so... I'm talking about Holy Moly and they bring me in these Holy Moly golf balls and they're telling me how the mobiles, the motors for the mobiles were from Holy Moly set. And the whole time I'm just like, Connor, get me on Holy Moly. I want to be on Holy Moly. I better get on Holy Moly. He's like, I'm not allowed to pick the contestants. You can't like, you can't even say my name because you're not going to get on because of just knowing me. And I was like, whatever. So I started talking about how funny it was to Joe and I was like, yeah. And even John Lovitz is on that show. Like he plays the blind pirate and stuff. And he wants to hit this ball and it's hysterical. And um, he's like, oh my God, I love John. So, next thing I know, I'm sitting on a couch FaceTiming with John Lovitz. And he's like, he's like I can't believe it. A beautiful blonde girl is telling me how she's she loves me from my lowest point in my career. <laughs> he's going on and on. <laughs> it's like, I was like, I cannot believe right now I'm sitting on a couch talking to John Lovitz about Holy Moly.
3: That is quite a story. I can't believe you are FaceTiming that man.
2: I know. John Lovitz of all people to sit on a couch and FaceTime with.
3: So does this mean you're going to be on Holy Moly at some point? No. No. Definitely
2: not. I wish. But no. Nobody's going to stick me on that show.
3: They're
1: going to have a celebrity episode you'll be in.
2: You'd have to be a celebrity first. I (laughs) don't know. Well, don't remember <laughs>
3: well you got a netflix show you're golden you just need that to tell them anything. it's it's the mean girl from that metal Shop masters you can get oh, her all <laughs> mean girl oh,
2: oh man yeah people love to call me the mean one and i wasn't the mean one i'm not even the mean one not even in real life but whatever
3: <laughs> I, um, I really am just picking fun at you i watched all of metal Shop masters and i did not get that vibe from you you sing. you seemed like a very mature smart uh, constructive criticism kind of person as, right. as a judge on we'll there. So that. you came across well to me. Yeah. Everything Chad isn't.
2: <laughs> you know. So today, another golf story. So I was on the golf course today, and Here the drink go. girl, like the beer cart, comes over, and she's like, "Hey, I watched your show." So Chris, my golf coach, she's like, "Oh, so what do you think? Did she think she was mean?" And she's like, "No, I didn't think she was mean. I just don't think you just don't look the same in person." And I was like, "I don't know what that's supposed to say." <laughs>
3: What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I was like,
2: all right, thanks. <laughs> all right, whatever. Well, see you later. <laughs> People are so weird sometimes. Like, like I, I know she didn't mean anything by it, but at the same time, I like I just spent the whole rest of the, that whole hole just being like, I wonder what she meant by that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> just trying to get you off your game.
2: Yeah, I was like, what the heck, lady? Just give me my drinks and leave me alone.
3: <laughs> yeah, right. Well, no tip for her. No tip. Yeah, right? <laughs> well, Stephanie, no. you might find this interesting. <laughs> While you were gone, me and Tony started to Google whether or not you can weld in space. And we found out you actually can weld in space. It's it's oh, possible.
2: I'm not surprised. I Uh-oh. feel like you can you can weld anywhere.
3: Are there interstellar welders? Have they yes. done it? Yes. They say I it's actually know. difficult because it's harder to control the temperatures up there. Astronauts
2: so, uh, are doing this.
3: Yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah. It's not like they're, they're sending, like, you know, the guy who just got a 6G certification up to space. They have to be like <laughs> astronauts. There's a little bit more training involved, huh?
1: Who's that, who's that guy? Uh, C- Captain Kirk went up in space. Maybe he, he ran a couple <laughs> welds while he was up there, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> that was when he was
3: helping Yoda, right?
1: Michael Strahan went, right?
2: Michael Strahan?
1: Yeah, he went uh, just like, um, what's his face? Um, did he go up when Kirk Jeff Bezos. No, he went up on the next trip. After what Kirk. trip?
2: What are you guys talking about?
1: They're sending people are uh, not really
2: going to space.
1: Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. It's just an
2: airplane ride.
1: Yeah, but they go yeah. into not orbit, but they go into outer space and then come back.
2: No, I'm not into it. I mean, I'll, I get it. It's cool. I wouldn't do but it. But I'm not doing it. Yeah, I'm not into like the idea of being launched out of this planet. You may or may not come back. You might get blown up. Who knows. I mean, I'd take my chances, you know, may or may not coming back, ripping down a highway, you know, in a sweet car or something like that, but <laughs> in the pouring rain. But I don't think I'm doing it out of this inter interstellarly. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think I would do it. Yeah. Even, even if it was free, I don't think I would do it.
2: Free to go in space?
1: Yeah. You think Michael Strahan paid? They paid for him to go.
2: No, they did not. I, he had to have come out of pocket for that.
1: I don't know. You, do you think Captain Kirk went? What's his name? Somebody help. William Shatner.
0: William Shatner.
2: <laughs> William Shatner went to space?
0: Yeah, yeah. Like what? 92 years old or something? He that old? I think he's in his 90s. God,
2: Lord.
1: Yeah, he's in his 90s. I don't know how old. Huh. I think he may just be 90 though.
2: Interesting. Um. Yeah, no, I want to go period. I just want to go.
1: That's not, not something I would do. <laughs>
2: not that into space i'm still trying to figure out earth
1: (laughs) yeah i can't figure out anything
2: you figured out tip Tig.
1: yeah well that's easy (laughs) even you said that that's that's easy
2: well it's still not easy i mean if you had no idea anything about welding and you got slapped on that like it's not that easy you yeah. had still some understanding of, you know, torch angle and travel speed and understanding, you know, this material is going to go in that's, here. and That's valid. You know, it's not that easy.
3: In Keith's workshop, he has a MIG welder. So let's stop talking about TIG because he's not going to be doing that right now. Well, 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 well. No. <laughs> Who says I'm not going to buy myself a TIG machine? Well, yeah. we're talking right now. I mean you've got other things you need to fix before you start talking about Ooh. buying other machines anyways. <laughs> so <laughs> it's getting dirty, Chad. It's wait for the after show. How is his MIG looking in class? What does he need to work on? I
2: I mean he was doing all right.
3: Just all right, <laughs> huh? You don't have to hold back.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean for what we were we've been doing, yeah, he was doing pretty good. I mean he had a couple of moments, a few moments, but
3: has he figured he gets, out his angle for the tip?
2: He's working on it.
3: Mm. <laughs>
2: working Speed. On it. There's not. There's not an
1: ounce of me anywhere that would say I'm a good welder. Well, you yeah, should you're be. You're not a, a bad you, welder. You are, I. There is 100 percent every ounce of me. Chad says I'm a better welder than you.
3: Hey, I'm gonna bust out the Harbor Freight MIG <laughs> welder, and we're, we're gonna have a little challenge here. <laughs> I think we're it.
0: gonna have we're gonna have a throwdown at Maker Camp.
3: There we go. <laughs> Let me get my robots to come weld for me.
0: No, that won't work. But yeah, they won't travel that far.
3: I'm getting better, but, but the mig.
2: you are getting better.
1: I think I think the mig will go easier now that I'm learning TIG. I know they're completely I, different, but yeah, I think it's easier once you do the other one to go back.
2: Yeah, because you're you don't have just like the tip take. You don't have as much to focus on. Right. Yeah, but you still need to understand. You know, work angle, travel angle, arc gap, travel speed. Puddle manipulation, all that stuff. It's a lot of things.
0: I always found TIG easier. Anytime well,
2: because it's a little bit it's a little bit colder of a the way you that puddle, it's not as, you know not as like fierce of an arc, you know, so it's a little bit easier to control sometimes. But yeah,
0: and some mo- people most, like it. Most of the stuff I did was food. Like when I was a mechanic, it was all food grade stuff. Yeah. It all, so it was all stainless yeah. and thin. So it was, you know. Everything was well under seventy amps, kind of thing. So,
2: like reading a TIG puddle, it's just such a smaller. It's a very like you can. I feel like the puddle is just more um, like formed, I guess you could say. Whereas like MIG welding or stick welding, it's it's such a molten. Like I don't know how to explain it. It's, It's
0: more. It's more active.
2: Yeah, it's very active, and it's sometimes it's it's a, it's kind of distracting. It can be kind of hard to read if you're not used to you know reading that type of puddle, and it's so bright. Whereas you know TIG welding, it, the puddle just has different qualities to it. So I think maybe that that also plays its hand into like. You're learning those, the things like arc gap and travel angle, because that travel angle, a little bit of travel angle or work angle differences, you know, because you're not comfortable and you're not sliding your whole arm and you're trying to work with your wrist and you're twisting your wrist and that wrist is lifting the arc gap and, you know, changing your work angle and all that stuff is happening. Um, I feel like it's, it's a lot more noticeable. When you're TIG welding, because you have that hard point of a tungsten sticking out of it, and you can really see the distance from the tip of that tungsten to that molten pool and the angle of which that tungsten's pointing and stuff like that, whereas like MIG welding, you're not really seeing that the same. Same with stick welding. So I think definitely when it comes to learning to read and manipulate a puddle, I think tig welding definitely has it covered. I just think it's yeah. definitely a harder process to learn because you have to control your own amperage. You have to control your torch. You can't, you have to manually feed the filler wire, different materials and different thicknesses and different joints. The puddle has to be manipulated with the torch a little bit differently. So there's so much more that happens with TIG welding. So I like to start people with MIG welding, which a lot of places love to start with tic, uh, stick welding for some reason. And I feel like stick welding is one of those things that's like, it makes you... Um, you know, Instantly angry. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: And it's like, yeah.
2: why would... like I feel like you're just setting somebody up and everybody's like, oh, well, they got to be tough if they want to be in this industry. It's like, no, why don't you, we give them a fighting yeah. chance when we start? So that they, at least they can understand what it is they're looking for so that when they do pick up a stick rod. And nowadays, the cost of stick rods and the waste that goes along with stick rods is like, why would you want to start somebody there? You're just literally... Th- throwing money away i'd rather start with mig welding that has no real waste they're not like the odds of them really screwing this up is is pretty slim if they have anybody who knows what they're talking about showing them you know and then they're able to build that confidence understand what the puddle's supposed to look like reading and manipulating and then you can take them to the more challenging things that's kind of how i've i've found that it works best for anybody i don't feel like going in there and just like just running in meeting somebody and kicking them in the and then walking away you know like th- that's basically what you're doing to these people right so I'm, like, yeah. I'm not trying to do that to anybody i want them to come in and have a positive experience so I, sl- I sit them down and do mig welding
0: for me when i started like so i went and did a like a pre-employment type course when i was like 18 or 19 and the welding portion of the course we did uh they started with oxy oxyacetylene. Hmm. Yeah. So that's how we kind of learn like puddle control and, and things like that. So it made it, I found that it was really easy to learn from that point. And yeah. then I think we started with stick after that, but it kind of, it kind of worked out pretty well. Yeah. But then they no TIG whatsoever in the course. And then yeah. I get out into industry and they're like, yeah, you want to try TIG welding?" And I'm like, okay, what do we do? And then they're like, ah, it's kind of like oxy-acetylene. And then I was like, yeah. No, that works out.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. stick welding's a bear when you throw that at people, especially like young kids. I feel like if you're going to have a a young kid coming in to weld for the first time, like, don't we want to encourage that, not discourage that? And I feel like slapping a stick rod in their hand if they're never used it before i feel like the arc itself and everything that goes on with it with the spatter and stuff that's very intimidating you know and like it's already a very intimidating trade between between the tools we have to use the materials we're working with how hot everything is you know i feel like we gotta at least throw them uh like you know a little bit of a softball when we first want to introduce welding to them so that's a a big parenting tip don't don't just expect your kid <laughs> don't put your kid in oversized clothing R- and a like helmet that wolves. barely gets on their kit on their head and you know gloves that the, they can't feel anything in because they're so big and then expect your kid to like want to come out there and stick wild with you it's just you're crazy you're just straight yeah. up crazy no you're,
0: you're right because i can remember like my first experiences with it i'm watching like my father do it in his shop and then the rod would stick and then you're trying to pull like it's still Still stuck, and you're trying yeah. to get the rod Arc pulled everyone, off, everything. and then <laughs> and then you you unscrew the the whip that we had was one of those screw type that mm-hmm. clamps down. Yeah, and then you un, you're unscrewing that, and then you pull that off, and then it arcs as you're doing that, and it just turns yep. into a just a yeah, like this is not fun.
2: No, yeah, that's, why, this, why and is that's anybody- scary for a little kid. You know, you're like seven, eight years old. You're trying to like help out with the, in the out in the garage, you know, with your dad or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's all happening, you know. From for my daughter it was all about like just getting her used to the sounds. You know, when I started bringing her out into the shop when she was like five, six years old, you know, Hmm. giving her a little like electric palm sander, you know, you know, and while other stuff was going on in the shop and she'd sand metal and, and then, you know, showing her like the plasma cutter and TIG welding, kind of like soft introducing these things to her. And, You know, it worked out a lot better for me than uh, just trying to shove her in there and be like, "Here, you're gonna do something," just because it has the cooler arcs and sparks. But it's terrifying for you know a six year old or seven year old. But
1: is she into it now, though?
2: Um, I mean, she knows how to do it. She's pretty. She can TIG weld. She can MIG weld. She can plasma cut. Um, but I wouldn't say she's into it. She's 13. Mm. She's not into anything (laughs) Mom's into. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like the most uncool person on the planet. She like, doesn't even want to be seen with me pretty much. So yeah.
0: And um, then I mean, she's I- in
2: middle school. So her little, the kids that are friends with her, like they'll, they'll follow me on social media. And some of the boys, they say some pretty um inappropriate things to my poor little daughter. And oh, she, no. she just doesn't want to hear it. So she wants, she just wants me nowhere around.
1: <laughs> so
2: yeah. I'm like, Oh gosh, I feel bad. 13 year
1: old kids don't hold back.
2: No. Yeah. So she's just not into, having anything to do with me these days unfortunately it hurts my heart but
0: i've got two i've got two daughters myself i've got a four well she'll be 14 this you know in august and a 12 year old yeah they uh they think the podcast is cool but they don't want to do it they don't want anything to do with my shop
2: (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i don't know what happened like the last time she came out in the shop was probably like two years a year or two ago and um we're working on a piece and i had to like drag her out just for some pictures and some video and then she's like can i just go inside now okay yeah so you know she did her little part and that was it so no she'll do it if i ask
0: it's the age (laughs) yeah it's just the age i was the same way like i wasn't always interested in that stuff as a kid but like that my father had a uh it was a logging business as when i was growing up so we are he was always fixing on old dozers and old trucks and stuff yeah. like that. So it was um, there was always that stuff around. But when I was, I don't know, up until about eighteen, I really didn't. I really didn't want to be anywhere near it. Mm-hmm. That, that was work. I didn't want to work.
2: Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> then, I,
0: don't,
2: I, I don't think she has any any desire, and she's not. I don't think she's going to be a welder. She's not following in her mother's footsteps at all.
0: Yeah, Nothing w- even
2: technically remotely skilled trades i don't think she's going to be doing
0: Yet. Yeah, i, I think I surprised. no
2: i just think it's it's a hard it, she's just she's not she, her
1: she may follow in her mom's footsteps when she becomes a pro golfer
2: no <laughs> she she doesn't even she, she she used to again that was another thing she liked to do with me She was like the golf now she doesn't want to golf with me now her one friend started to get into golf so she asked me today she's like can we do lessons together I'm like, what about when I used to take you lessons and like you don't want to do it anymore? Now your friend wants to do it. Now suddenly it's cool. What the hell?
0: Yeah, I got the same thing. So I, I power lift as well. So one my youngest now, she's like, can I do that too? Because one yeah. of her...
2: One of her one friends. Of,
0: one, of her co- one of her coaches, or well, yeah, one of the coaches, he's, uh, his daughter started to do it. And then she's like, can I do it? I'm like, yeah, yeah, if you want to. yeah, But you got to commit to it.
2: Exactly. That's what I just told her. I said, if you're going to do it, you're going to do it this time. You yeah. know, because I was taking her to lessons with me and she didn't want to go to lessons with me anymore. So,
0: Yeah, uh, that's the biggest thing we've done with their with girls is that no matter what they want to do, we're willing to let them do it. But when they commit, they commit. Like yeah. if they're going to play a sport, they're going to play it for that season. That
2: season, yeah. And they're
0: going to commit to that season and then if they don't want to play after the season's done. That's great. But you're going to commit to the – you're going to make that commitment and, and play.
2: Yeah, I do the same thing with her. It's, you know, she was all bummed because she was in chorus this year, you know, chorus is no longer cool. So now suddenly she doesn't like chorus and she needs to be in the other class with all of her other friends. So it's just like, you know, trying to keep up with the Joneses with her these days. So (laughs) love her dearly. She's a sweetheart, but yeah, skill trades are not going to be her things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but they can sing along to the TikToks, but (laughs) yeah. Yeah, teenagers. It's like
1: bigger. when we were in school drama club wasn't necessarily cool, but everyone looked up to every actor
2: and actress. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, everybody says they'll come back eventually. So, maybe maybe she'll come back. <laughs> I'm going to be like, remember that time when you were little and you used to stand in the kitchen and you would tell me, "I'm never going to leave you, Mommy. I love you so much. You're always <laughs> going to be my best friend." You know, I w- for every every day I wish I had that on record, you know it'll be back yeah so i'm like hoping maybe one day she'll she'll want to come back but yeah yeah sometimes she wants to hang out as if i'm uh taking her to the mall to buy her stuff that's about it
3: you
0: know. yeah like i say the same thing happened with me I, I surprised my father quite a bit when i told him i wanted to go to school to become a industrial mechanic he's like but you don't want to work in my shop i'm like yeah because yeah, i don't want to work for you yeah. <laughs> we get along great Except yeah. for when we decide to do work together, and then it yeah. turns into cursing and swearing. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that's, and yeah. no patience for either. I don't have patience for him, and he doesn't have patience for me. He's 70 years old now, and we still can't work yeah. together. Yeah. We're, we're better. We're better than we were when I was 18, but yeah. <laughs> not. But I can those- see that
2: being with my daughter, but I, I don't know. I just don't see her getting into the trades. So. She's going to do something big, but I don't think she's going to be a welder fortunately she can do it though i mean at least if she ever needs to she can she has the skill set but um i don't think career-wise it's going to be for her which is all right good she's free to be whoever she wants to be so
0: yeah that's a big thing what did i say to my daughter the other day i said oh it was she like she was talking about growing up and i'm like yeah i said that's that's what you're supposed to do you're supposed to grow up and live your own life not worry about me
2: oh yeah go do your own thing yep yeah, that's the best thing you can do as a parent. So, As l- as much as a parent, I feel like I am sometimes or not probably because I'm never home. You know, it's hard. It's hard doing, you know, chasing your dreams and your passion. Like you were saying earlier, how do you do it? And like, I really don't think I do do it very good. I mean, I'm just not home a lot. I spend probably close to six months a year gone, you know, and then uh, the other time that I am home, I'm working for, you know, my myself, you know, so it's it's definitely tough. But, uh, uh, you know, to balance that. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, now that she's a teenager, you kind of feel like it's like biting me a little bit now, you know, it's a little harder pill to swallow. Now that she doesn't, you always think that you have, Oh, you know, this trip won't really matter that much because, you know, she's still <laughs> going to be there when I get back. So, you know, I'll take her to the park that weekend. And then those weekends come and go and come and go and come and go. Now she stopped asking to go to the park, you know, and that's kind of, that kind of sucks. But, you know, everybody says they come back. So I'm just praying. Right, and she comes back. <laughs> I think I'm cool again.
3: She will. She, she will. will. And and that a big part of that, I mean, she's learning a lot of independence, which I think is is very important for girls in this oh, yeah. age to learn. So it's oh, yeah. a good thing.
2: Yeah, she's she's definitely got a good head on her shoulders. She's an awesome little kid. No, she's not a little kid anymore. She's dirty.
3: Oh. <laughs>
2: she's taller than me. I don't even know what I'm saying. <laughs> she's legitimately taller than me. <laughs> which is not hard to do. So but yeah she's very proud of that too. She loves to stand next to people and like and like stand next to me and like show people she's like, "Look, I'm taller than Mommy now
0: and I-
2: yeah my, <laughs> well, my yeah
0: my girls do that to to my girlfriend. She's like of course I'm not with their mother, but with my my girlfriend's only five foot two, and both girls are taller than her now, so <laughs> they they just love it. My youngest just passed her. The other day and it was like the month leading up to her passing her in height was like every day she'd come by and she'd be like, Am I taller yet? Am I taller yet? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they had some fun with that. But my oldest now, she's she's almost as tall as me, and I'm like five eleven. So yeah. <laughs> she's getting up there.
2: Yeah. Ugh. Kids. Glad I only had one though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I could do I could do multiple. Oh my gosh. And you have well, you have two girls.
0: I have two girls. Yeah,
2: two girls.
0: No, I've
3: got both. Like, be I've got yeah, three, and one of them's um, one year old right now.
2: Oh my gosh, the, the girls are so loud! <laughs> like my daughter brings, she bring one friend over, and it sounds like there's nineteen of them in a room, just screeching and screaming and giggling. and oh my gosh, well, girls,
0: girls are easier at the younger ages than yeah. the teenagers. Like the being a teenager gets tougher. And, yeah. and then I think they're easier after that, but boy, yeah, boys, boys, I think are a mess saying. the whole time.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's what my mom says. I have two older brothers and a younger sister. So there's four of us. My mom always said that. She's like, the boys were like harder when they were younger because they just never sat still. And that when they got older, they were a little easier. And the, the we were, me and my sister were a handful when we were older, but great when we were little.
0: So. Yeah, that's. That's what I got for my mother as well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we want to thank you for coming on. It was a good well, time. Thank
2: you for having me.
0: This
3: was amazing.
1: No, but we would like to thank our sponsor Sabretooth. You can go to Sabretooth.com and use the code WH for all your carving burrs. So if you want to find Stephanie, you can find her at under- underground underscore metal underscore works or underground metal works on all your socials, right? You're on TikTok, Instagram. Yeah. We you on YouTube. Yes. YouTube, all underground metalworks, right? Yeah, I think so. If you want to take some of the best <laughs> courses in welding, you could take that at Underground Metalworks here in New Jersey. Look that up. Book a class. Um, there's even a hotel stay, correct?
2: Yeah, yeah. We got the Blue Creek in. It's about a mile away. I think it's like $99 for the night, and they don't charge tax if you tell them that you're coming to Underground Metalworks.
3: sound like my kind of people right there
1: (laughs) it's a cool area if you want to book whatever there's it's close to the beach and stuff on the jersey shore so yep that's worth it if you want to find chad he's across all your socials at chad's custom creations tony's at woodland iron i'm at blackthorn concepts the collective three of us are at working hands podcast on instagram or at gmail.com with that go to the after show bye later make what you fear